first interview right now. I know everybody is locked in and hopefully locked in, not uh, not going out and doing all that stuff. But uh, yeah. if you have an awesome backyard like our guest here, you can hang out back there. But <laughs> it, we are, well, we are, sorry. I'm so used to the other podcast, no, other co-hosts and everything. Totally I'm super good. excited to have Eddie, our first guest on her first interview, first single dropping later on. Uh, in a month or so, so we will have that. But first of all, welcome, to, welcome to the show. We're glad, I'm glad to have you on. Thank you, thank you for letting me be on the show. I really <laughs> so, appreciate it. So again, you just told me the backstory behind your name and everything. Do you mind telling the audience one more time about like what your name means and give a kind of a background of who you are? So my name is Eddie. That's my stage name. Um, I was born in the states, but my family is from South Korea. And my grandfather gave me the name Eddie. And E means to, it means love. And V means to benefit. So that's why my Instagram username is love is beneficial. Awesome. So, yeah. so I don't even have to ask you to plug that at the end. You've already plugged the Instagram. <laughs> so for people who don't know you, like besides you being an R&B artist and all that, what is the one thing that is kind of unique about you as an artist? So I actually got my degree in cello performance. I play the cello. Oh, wow. Yeah. did not know that. Would not have guessed that from your music. <laughs> exactly. And actually in my music, in um, my upcoming EP, I'm planning to um, put my cello playing, playing in, uh, in my music. Oh, that's awesome. I think that has been lost in R&B music. I have not heard the cello <laughs> really been utilized. That's awesome. Yeah. So what, what's your background with music? So obviously you play the cello, but like what, what, what got you started in music? So my mom is a pianist um, and she actually had me try playing the piano when I was like maybe five or six years old, but I could not get into it. Maybe it's because my mom plays the piano and I just didn't want to play the same instrument as my mom. So she said, okay, well, if you're not gonna play the piano, here are the instruments that I've you know, chosen for you. Um, one of them is the cello, violin, or the viola. And I went with the cello. The reason why I went with the cello is because a lot of um, people during my time, they, they, would, they started playing the violin and I kind of wanted to be different. And I liked the cello sound. Like it's super low, it's nice. It's not high pitch or anything. Like, don't get me wrong, I like the violin, but I personally prefer the cello. And how long has your, how long have you been playing the cello? I believe 19, 20 years right now. Dang, okay, so you're good at it then. <laughs> I would like to say so. <laughs> I mean, I didn't get my degree for nothing, you know. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? So besides, so besides incorporating it in your music, have you done anything else with the cello? Um, not really. I just, I, I went to, I performed in a lot of like orchestra environments, chamber music environments, like quartets. I played for weddings or, you know, other gigs. But other than that, like, no, this is kind of like my first time incorporating cello into like pop music. 
And so how did, how did, how did you intertwine these two worlds? So you, so you have your whole upbringing with the cello and more classical music, and then the music that you perform that, that, that I've heard from your EP and everything is more R&B, has a kind of poppy feel. How, how did these two worlds come together? So um, when I was a kid, I've always liked listening to music. Like music is literally like my life. Um, I grew up actually listening to R&B music like Usher, <laughs> Ashanti, you know, like the whole like 90s, like 2000s. Early 2000s like, R&B. Yeah, like Mariah Carey, all that stuff. And when I didn't like practicing my cello, I would actually listen to R&B music <laughs> to kill time. I know it's so bad, but... Wait, why is that a bad thing? That's not a bad thing. Here's the thing. My mom, you know, I told you she's like a piano teacher. So mm -hmm. it's all about practicing, listening to classical music, you know, being very strict. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not, you know, working on the things that I need to do and killing time with listening it's... to R&B music, you know, it's not like, it's not time well spent it's not yes exactly okay so so that brings me to another question because i've mm -hmm. i had a similar experience when i was younger with the piano back here mm -hmm. but i feel like a lot of people especially in our generation had that upbringing where it's like you have to play this this mm -hmm. instrument to mm -hmm. i don't know what what the outcome was but you had to play some sort of instrument mm -hmm. and now in the arts, you see, especially in hip hop, R&B, rap, uh, you see a lot of the classical genre getting mixed with, getting mixed with a lot of type of music. Do you think having that experience of the classical music with the cello and everything, do you think that's helping you with your music today? I definitely believe it helps me because here's the thing. Going to Sac State, that's where I went to for um, my degree. Yes, I was classically trained, but because of the classical training aspect, it helped me, you know, distribute to the music that I want to do. Because I feel like a lot of people, you know, who are not classically trained, like they're talented, you know, you, you see that, but it, it, is, it is helpful to have some classical training background. Like for example, like chord progression or music theory. Exactly. Yeah. And I actually try to apply that in the, um, in the music that I've been working on in my EP. Okay. Like I, I hear it. And, and then also it's not always about music theory too for um, being classically trained. It's also like the emotions that you bring in. Like for example, if I'm playing like a sad classical piece, um, I always tell myself, how am I gonna portray the sadness? Maybe if I add a little vibrato here, or if I, you know, um, play legato with the bow. Okay. I, even though, um, I'm not trained in the vocal aspect. 
because of the training that I received at Sac State for my music degree, I think about how I'm going to use my vocals to help me portray different kinds of emotions in my music. So it helps a lot. I okay. feel like it. Oh, that, that's a really good answer. Give me, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> give me one yeah. second. I'm just going to, yeah. I'm just going to stop. Awesome. So we are, we are back. We did have a little bit of a problem right there on my end. Obviously not, obviously not yours, but we were just talking <laughs> about, we were just talking about, uh, how learning classical music and learning music theory has been able to help you been able to help you form your songs in a way that you wouldn't have been able to with just mm -hmm. going into music kind of dry. So mm -hmm. besides being able to portray emotion and stuff, where have you seen, what R&B artists do you look up to that put that detail into the songs? Um, that really be able to get, that really help get the emotion across. So, um, okay. When I was a kid, I've always listened to Mariah Carey, Winnie Houston, Aaliyah, and the person that I look up to, like right now, always been is Rihanna. Okay. And yes, they. I think the reason why I like all of them is because they bring their own unique styles, but at the same time, they're able to portray the emotions that they're trying to, you know, give off to their audience within their music. And like Rihanna, for example, <clears throat> she, I just look up to her because she really doesn't give a fuck. Can I cuss? You can cuss as much as you want. Okay, I wasn't sure. <laughs> but she really doesn't give a fuck about what she wears. If she's feeling it, she's feeling it. If she wants to be cute, like, she'll dress cute. If she wants to be a badass, like, she'll dress like a badass bitch. Or if she's feeling sexy or sultry, she'll, she'll do that. Not only with her outfits, but even in her music. And if you notice that in her music, she's not only is she able to portray these emotions, a lot of other artists and producers want to work with her from different genres, like EDM, you know, and I mean, she, she even raps like in that Pharrell song, Lemon, I think it's Lemon yeah. or Lemonade, Lemon, right? That's but it's just like, right. It's like, it's, she's someone I really look up to and as well as the other artists, like with Aaliyah, <clears throat> you know, she made Tomboy sexy. Like, she didn't even, like, wear that much of a revealing clothes in the beginning of her era, of her career, actually. It's it was later on that she started wearing kind of, like, less outfit, but even in the beginning she just she just brought that look and another thing with Aaliyah is that she has this like nice voice it's very low sultry but it's like she's not doing so much like Mariah Carey would do with her octaves like high range mm -hmm. octaves and I think you know it's funny because like a lot of the people I know 
they kind of prefer um, high range voice. But for me, um, I, I actually prefer low range voice. People think that high range voice, you could do so much with it, but actually low range, you can do it as well. It's just, Aaliyah was able to accomplish that. And, and do you think that mm-hmm. you enjoy the more like low, more like the lower tone stuff because you played the cello instead of the violin? <laughs> you know, that's the, I, I think I've always liked low range since I was a kid. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I admire high range voice because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I wish I could like yeah. do all those like high high runs. But I think I think it really has to do with you know me picking the cello, me playing the cello, like. Yeah, and you really see in that what you do in the low range adds so much. People on the outside may not be able to mm-hmm. hear it. People watch the performance, but you know how much you add to it doing the doing more low range. Exactly. And actually, it's funny. Um, I wasn't in choir, but I, like I tried out for a choir at my in my high school years. And um, but I couldn't get into it because some other classes were conflicting with that schedule. Mm-hmm. But um, the choir director, she was testing my range. And she was like, wow, this is like a really, really low voice. Like you should be in altitude. <laughs> <laughs> so you just yeah. you've just always been able to do the little stuff i yeah i can do the low stuff i will say that <laughs> so, i ain't gonna lie about that i can do the low stuff <laughs> so there's gonna be like tons of just like low frequency hard-hitting bass throughout the whole ep is what i'm getting is what i'm hearing i'm planning to yes. i'm i'm planning to <laughs> fantastic so we talked a little bit off camera about you a little bit and something, something that you were talking about was just the mass diversity of the type of songs that are going to be on there. I know we've talked a lot about R&B, but you were bringing up a lot of different stuff that's going to be on it. You mind talking about that a little bit? So the EP, I, I wanted to be called There's a First in Everything. Because in this EP, all the songs are going to be about different stages in life. <laughs> So also, the reason why I called it There's a First in Everything is because all of them are going to be in different genres. So like Pull Up and Come Through is actually the single, which I want it in the EP as well. It's kind of like a young crush, like first love. So you kind of get that like innocent vibe feeling. And the genre for that is pop, R&B, early 2000s vibe, throwback Exactly. Music. Like the, the second I heard that like little, tr- little teaser that you put on Instagram, mm-hmm. I was just like, oh my gosh, immediate like early 2000 R&Bs, like the type of sound I haven't heard in forever. And I was just like, right. oh my God, I love this. But the fact exactly. that, the fact that yeah. everything's going to be like different, because in a different Instagram post you, were, you put... A whole bunch of like different type of genres <laughs> yeah. I was just like oh it's gonna be all this I am intrigued mm-hmm. exactly so the other one I'm hoping to do is reggaeton I love reggaeton I love Latin music um 
I, it's, it's one of my favorite genres. Um, this one I believe is like a different approach. Um, it's, it's called Esta Noche, so one night or this night. Um, but basically it's about these two people they meet at the wrong time in their life. And the background story is they only have one night or this night to, you know, make the best of it, but there's no tomorrow morning. So that's definitely, <laughs> definitely in line with like the reggaeton passion that you get with a lot of those songs. Right. And it's kind of like, it's a little bit of like a heartache in it and also nostalgia. I definitely target this um, song for the older crowds, like my age or older. Okay. Um, and then the other one is called Fortune Cookie. <laughs> it's the lyrics are fun. I had a fun time actually writing um, that music, but. I wasn't the only one. I had a, I have a friend that was help has been helping me with all these productions. Um, but the fortune cookie is about a girl becoming a woman, and at the same time, she's like, "I like you. I know you like me. I know you want this, but you gotta work for it. You gotta work for this fortune cookie." <laughs> <laughs> definite, Rih definite Rihanna vibes right there. <laughs> I, yeah, and um, this I really like this one because it has that old K-pop vibe, and um, I also mixed it with the old traditional Korean music. Um, the old traditional Korean music is called Tansori. It's like I don't know how to explain it, but the way they sing is like very like there's just so much emotions to it it's like kind of screaming your lungs out like that's how it sounds like but it's like beautifully performed but i also added the cello in there as well okay yeah it, so how many how many songs is the ep going to be six or seven okay okay yeah. and so you're saying it's like every kind of stage of life so mm -hmm. Just, just the mapping out that I have in my head right now. So it like starts out with your single. That's like more like kind of like the young crush thing. Yes. And then it goes into fortune cookie and then kind of the reggaeton at the end. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And, and then, oh, yeah, awesome. hopefully the next one after that is country music, but it's like oh. heartache, like it's heartbroken. I like, will admit I was not expecting you to come. <laughs> come out of nowhere with country music <laughs> <laughs> i like old country let, let let's just say that because i yeah. grew up listening to old country with my grandpa he was the one that introduced me to all these music like pansori the korean traditional music he introduced me to trot which is korean like oldies music he um, showed me all these old classic films um and the old old classic music what kind of films? You know, 
like you know Audrey Hepburn, Marilyn Monroe, okay. Jimmy Curtis, classic classics. Okay. Yeah, classic classics, and then you know got the Godfather, Scarface, everything. Um, and then has some good taste. He does. He really does. Um, but yeah, that country song, I haven't. We haven't worked on it yet because we're trying to finish the other productions. Mm-hmm. But that one, I want it to be about um, heartbreak. Not only um, about relationships, but, like, you know, friendships, even, like, with family. Kind of talks about, like, the toxic environment and how, you know, you need to be able to let go of that. Even if we can't or if we don't want to, we know that the best thing to do is letting go of that toxic um, environment because it's, it's in the end it doesn't help us you know it doesn't help us with our health and everything like that and then after that <laughs> i don't know we'll see we'll see these are just ideas but the but other I mean, one but those are really cool ideas because yeah. i think the biggest <laughs> gripe with country music nowadays is it's too superficial and face value like yeah. Like, like with like the gripes that people have with hip hop sometimes. But a lot of people when mm-hmm. they talk about like older country music, it has like it deals with a lot of complex issues and the fact that mm-hmm. you got that country music, but you're dealing with like a modern day like talking about toxicity with like even within family and everything, that wasn't really mm-hmm. something talked about back then. Yeah. That's really sure. cool. That is really cool. Thank you. <laughs> and so you're obviously trying a whole bunch of different stuff. And mm-hmm. It's, it's something that like you, you see a little bit when it comes to trying everything within a certain genre, you know, mm-hmm. where if let's say you're a hip hop artist, you might want to try like more of a slowed down song. You might want to try a trap song. You might want to try this sort of thing, but you don't really see somebody trying everything across every genre. What do you, what do you, you know, say to people who don't, who don't like that or whatever? You know, it's funny. Someone actually told me, um, to not do that. And so this person was saying, and I, I understand what, where this person is coming from, but this person was saying, maybe you should just focus on one genre, you know, to build fan base, you know, and then eventually, you know, when you build that leverage, that's when you can go off to like different other genres. But for me personally, I want to push that boundary. <laughs> I personally want to push that boundary. Um, I think maybe it's because I'm not going to lie. I get bored with one genre. I get easily bored. So even with practicing cello, um, I can't sit in the same practice room practicing the same passages if I am gonna practice the same passage in the music, I'm gonna think of different ideas, like, oh, instead of this, I'll do this, you know, to and, see which one I like better. Yeah, I mean, but you can practice that long if you have like old school R&B music to listen to, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I totally get that. I feel like a lot of artists, especially nowadays, are like, I, I can't just stick with one thing. And the and the beauty about today's music mm-hmm. scene is you don't have to 
stick with just one thing. Mm-hmm. It's not like you release an album or you release a project. Everyone knows you for that one project. And then mm-hmm. next time they see you, you're in a completely different genre, which is a, which is in a different section of the store, just a different section of their world. Mm-hmm. But today, if they find your one project, see everything on it, they can find the, I don't want to say version of you that they like, but the, but the creative endeavor that they like the most. And then mm-hmm. if you want to pursue that one more, then go with it, you know? Yeah. And also, I just want to add that, like, you know, nowadays you see, like, the Grammy Awards, like, the recent Grammy Awards, they had the K-pop band, um, BTS, mm-hmm. and then they had um, um, that Latina artist, um, Rosalia. Mm-hmm. It's, music is such a universal language. It is. Like, and it, and I think because of the advanced technology these days, so many different artists from different genres, different countries, you know, they're coming together and they're, you know, making music together. And I don't see what's so bad with, you know, me appreciating these different genres, you know, and I want to try it for myself because I love these genres. I respect the, all these genres that I'm planning to, you know, create with the, for this EP. And I, and I want to be able to share this with, you know, my near future audience. That's fantastic. And I think the thing, I mean, that you understand is mm-hmm. music is a universal language. There's just different avenues to express yourself, mm-hmm. but from what you've told me so far, through every avenue you're going down, you're still being honest with yourself. You're still incorporating mm-hmm. your, yourself, your experiences into it. So yes. I don't think it's going to come across as gimmicky or you're just trying something to try it. You, you actually mm-hmm. want to express yourself in this one way, which I think is fantastic. And mm-hmm. do you think you're going to keep down this path of just trying whatever genre feels like what you want to do in that moment or yeah, for for sure. Because like, um, for me, when I have, when I make a plan, when I create a plan, I I go for it. But a lot of these plannings are usually when I'm in the moment, but I still stick with it. And after this EP, you know, is done, and I want to create more music, I'm not gonna. I'm definitely not gonna stick to one genre. Like if I, if I'm feeling like, Hey, I want to, I want to make, um, like some fun music, like about Patrick Starr from SpongeBob. I'm going to fucking do it. Like I'm, I'm that kind of person. Hey, there's some bangers about SpongeBob. (laughs) I'm not even going to lie. Like there's a Sacramento artist named Chewy. He made a song about SpongeBob. It really, it's hard. It's very hard. (laughs) Yeah. You see. So if you want to make something about Patrick Starr, go for it. And I think that's the coolest thing about music nowadays is you can literally do whatever you want with it. There's being independent and being your own person. You don't have to fit a mold. You don't have to do it as much nowadays. You can do what you want. Mm-hmm. Like there's literally the song I found yesterday that's has millions of views on YouTube. And it's literally this girl talking about how she lost her jewel. Is it the Asian girl? It is. Yeah, 
she was like screaming exactly like, yeah exactly yeah that's that's art that's music in, in her own way you know instead mm -hmm. of uh talking about her early life as a r&b song that's like early 2000 reminiscent it's about losing her damn jewel <laughs> yeah but that's fantastic so what's next what's next well because of this whole coronavirus um hopefully i'll be able to release my single and then after that still work on the ep and after the ep is released probably you know work on my performance music videos all that stuff and we'll see from there it's okay it and really depends <laughs> how are you uh, how are you promoting yourself how are you getting yourself out there even before your ep and everything comes out well so here's the thing i'm i'm really bad with like marketing myself um and that's why i'm going back to school um american river college for commercial music business marketing all that stuff but i actually found someone um the guy who's helping me with the ep he's really knowledgeable in that aspect with marketing business marketing and everything um but we'll see i'm just I'm just going with the flow. <laughs> exactly. Going with the flow. As, as the artist, that should be the main thing that you're focusing on. Like, if you can yeah. take the knowledge to learn about marketing, it's fantastic. But if not, leave it to the other guys, right? Yeah. I, I will say that I'm definitely on more on the... Because, like, I learned this at school from one of my professors. Um, he was telling me that there's the people who are... Um, in the business side of the music um, uh, industry. And then there's the uh, other, other people who are like the creative, um, like, you know, musicians, Almost definitely. you know, artists, these people are considered sensitive because they really care about their arts. They care about their music. They care about their creation. They're not really focused on the business aspect because they're not knowledgeable in that factor. But then the people who are in the business aspect, the music business aspect, uh, that's that's what they enjoy doing, promoting music, uh, working in the business. And he was telling me, I remember him telling me this, like, I know you're the sensitive <laughs> artist, you know, side. I was like, yeah, like, I, I'm definitely, yeah. I, I love creating. I love performing. I love feeling the emotions. I'm not good at like um you know like knowing the statistics or like when is a good time to drop you know the ep or the single those kind of things like i believe i'm pretty good at like you know talking to people being social mm -hmm. when it when i need to be but yeah mostly i'm on the artist side yeah. and, and the thing is is 
I, I honestly wish we were doing the podcast because it's super funny the way we have it set up is <laughs> we have we have three we have three hosts we got one of them who's a producer so he brings that aspect to it one of them who's an artist so he brings that creative and then I'm over here awesome. talking about yeah. the business stuff so we can kind of like encapsulate the whole thing on the podcast but mm-hmm. I think it's important to kind of keep things separate to a certain extent I'm saying don't be naive and just yeah. whatever business person puts something in front of you don't read it I'm not saying that but <laughs> you, sh- you should be definitely investing time into your art into your sorry my light went off no you're uh, totally good you should be investing time into your art into your and in- into your creation instead of using up all your bandwidth for figuring out a marketing <laughs> plan about how to get how to get your song onto a spotify playlist like what's the best way to do that like you don't need to worry about that leave that to other people mm-hmm. and for sure and so you've already talked a lot about your story how, how you came up and all that but i mean first off like plug everything that you have like where can people find you where can where where, where can they find your music where can they find everything like plug all that so, so far right now, um, you can find me on Instagram. Love is beneficial. Um, I created a SoundCloud, but nothing's on there yet. And I'm still trying to, you know, create the other uh, media stuff like uh, Spotify, um, iTunes, Apple Music, um, Amazon Music. Um, but eventually, you know, it'll be up there. Just, you know, follow me on Instagram and you'll see where you can follow me, you know, Fantastic. for those kind of things. And then, um, so definitely go follow her on Instagram right now if you haven't done it yet. <laughs> um, and then I always like to ask people, um, if there's one piece of information, one piece of knowledge, one piece of anything that you can leave the audience with, it doesn't have to be music related, it doesn't have to be about anything we talked about. Mm-hmm. What's one piece of uh, advice you want to leave the audience with? Oh man, that's hard because there's so many advices I could give right now well, we because can of the experiences. Just for that. <laughs> I would say um, don't give up. Don't give up on your dreams. Um, and, you know, yeah, there's going to be like obstacles that you're going to go through, but just be diligent about it um also find people who will support you like don't just give in to someone because they're just a producer like oh cool like you're a producer i'm a singer let's work together i learned that it's it never works out that way you should find a producer or a team that believes in your work, that's going to listen to you, that, you know, will give you advice, but they're not to the point where it changes your identity. Never, ever, you know, lose your identity. That's the things that I've learned because, <clears throat> I mean, and it's never too late too, because look at me, I, I was a cello teacher. 
And one day my students, the students that I taught, who I still keep in contact with, um, asked me what I wanted to be and if, if I wasn't teaching cello. And I said, a pop star. And then they said, really, why don't you go for it? And I was like, oh, it's never gonna happen because you know I have to think realistically about my life. And one of the students, her name is Jackie. Shout out to Jackie. <laughs> um, she said, well, you'll never know until you try. And from there, I wasn't happy with where my life was at the time. I quit my job. I went back to school. I had no, I had no knowledge in the commercial music business industry or recording engineering. Um, but it took time, um, and I met people. I cut off people from my life. And even though I hated the obstacles that I was going through, at the same time, it gave me a tougher skin. <laughs> and I still haven't given up. There were so many times I wanted to give up, trust me. But I didn't. But you can't. Can't give up. Yeah. Man, shout out to Jackie. How old was she? She was like maybe 10, 10 or 11. Man, kids know the truth. Now she's 14. Kids know the truth. <laughs> that is, that is true. Yeah. Well, that is fantastic. So thank you for coming on. Really appreciate it. Hope it was a decent first interview for you. Oh, this was fun. Thank you so much. I loved it. <laughs> oh.